0: Well, it's going to be a good day for many reasons today, but one of the reasons is that it is Mission Sunday. And so this is something that we do twice a year here at Meadowbrook. We do once in the fall tied into our Thanksgiving offering, and then we do it once again in the spring. And uh, for two Sundays, uh, and this is important as it relates to our offering, for two Sundays, we ask you to give to our missions uh, budget line. And so the ways that you can give are up there on the screen, and if you have a paper offering, you can drop it in the back. There's a black box there that says give. But we ask you on Mission Sunday to take whatever you were going to give for your regular offering and designate it to missions instead. And we want to give that to support our missionaries. So we are doing that this Sunday and next Sunday. We sent out instructions this week. If you're giving online, there's just a little drop box there where you can pick missions and designate it there. If you're doing a paper offering, just make sure you're right on the envelope missions. And so the ways you can give are there on the screen. You can head to our website meadowbrook.ca. There's a button that says give there. And we ask you on our mission Sunday, hey, maybe you can dig a little deeper and give a little bit more to help support our missionaries who are here on the front lines. And so as it relates to our guests who are here today, uh, I'm actually going to let someone else do the introduction. And so our missions team has been here uh, faithfully for many years. John Dyke has been leading for the last number of years. Uh, recently, John has stepped down from leadership of the missions team. He's still serving on the team. But Henry Peters has stepped up to be our leader. Henry has been a board member here and involved in lots of different ways. So I'm going to invite Henry to come and introduce our guest. Yeah, welcome him, please, as he comes. Good morning.
1: Yeah, so we have two wonderful guest speakers here today that uh, I've known for a little bit anyway. Um, you know, we have the uh, the Bible that reminds us of, of all the things that God has done and the stories uh, of where he has moved. And today, you know, we get to hear some of the stories from Derek and B, who I'm going to call up now, uh, how he's working uh, in the today, in the now and, and here. Um, we've... Uh, you know, we've all have our stories, right? Where we've seen God move, and and you know, just to to refresh some of those stories of where God is moving today is going to be refreshing. So Derek, um, he works for Multiply or with Multiply uh, in Sudbury, and uh, he started out in in the Toronto area. For those of you that don't know him, um, working with uh, gang members and uh, some of the human trafficking. Um, yeah, and he's obviously married. He's got kids. He's with, uh, his wife is Tiffany. Um, but now, you know, he's a big part of his ministry is working with the first nations and, uh, in the prison there. So, uh, that, that is, uh, Derek, um, as for Billy Joe, uh, also known as B, um, she, uh, she's, lives in the Moose Deer area. For those of you that don't know where that is, that's out by Huntsville, the beautiful, beautiful area of Ontario, right? um, she currently works with Multiply, uh, but she started out with YWAM. Uh, she spent a few years up in the UK uh, working out there, and uh, is now currently uh, credentialed as uh, a pastor under MB. Um, she also coordinates the prayer uh, the prayer hub with Multiply. So she uh, she's uh, you know come a long way with with Multiply anyway. So um, yeah, with that I will uh, close or let them take over, yeah, but I'll start or close with prayer. How about that? Heavenly Father, um, thank you for your presence here this morning. Lord, uh, we just uh, ask again for your spirit to be ever so present as you fan into flame, the, the flan- flame in our hearts that you have placed there. And uh, as you move and give us testimony of your your goodness, Lord. Uh, may that spur us on to um, take our steps outside of outside of this building, out in our homes, in our communities, our neighbors. Lord, we are we are just so thankful that uh, you are always bringing good news to us and and spurring us on. In Jesus' name, Amen.
2: Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for the incredible welcome. Um, how kind our God is, hey? So kind. Uh, driving down, you know, from Sudbury, it's quite, quite the tour. I left behind snowbanks that are still shoulder high in my driveway, <laughs> and now that time of year, it's all covered and grungy and dirty and nothing pretty about it anymore. And uh, it came a couple hours down and met up with B, and we kept coming down. And what a, what a kindness it is to just drive into springtime. <laughs> And, you know, I think just about every year I come down is around this time of year. And so I have just such a, it's always such a blessing to come down and uh, just ex- see the new life so suddenly when you go from that to this. Every tulip, you know, I'm like, wow, look at that. Look at it. You know, we've had winter for a long, long time. And, uh, you know, our, the welcome we, I receive uh, at Meadowbrook is just always so so wonderful. And I'm just always reminded of God's kindness when I come down here. I swear I always have the comfiest bed and the best food, and the birds are singing just for me when I come down, it feels like. And I, you know, need that. You know, and uh, the work that the Lord has called us to, even though it's not true, it can sometimes feel very lonely. Hey? And uh, there's times where uh, I'm ministering in the prison, and the prison I'm in is an old prison. It literally looks like a dungeon, like anything that you would picture from an old movie. And I'm down in the basement of a dungeon, literally in a spot where they used to hang people right above where my office is, sitting down there uh, with all the darkness that's going on, and there's sometimes I can feel very alone. Uh, And what a kindness it is of God to remind us that we're never alone, hey? Uh, He is always with us, and he has made us part of a body. And we may be one part, but there's another part. And I love that when I come to Meadowbrook, it's just always such a kindness of God to remind me of the gift of friendship. The gift of friendship. And uh, many friends here, some of you that I know, some I don't but are faithfully praying. Every time I come, there's someone new who says... I've been praying for you uh, however often, for however long. I think, wow, what a kind God we serve. That we would be surrounded by a community uh, of friendship. Uh, And it is just such a huge, huge blessing. And I just want to thank you, you know, for those of you who've been around more than a year. You would have heard me speak before. Some of you many times. And those of you who are newer, maybe not. But I, I just am always so thankful to come down and walk in friendship. To remember that I am not alone, and to be able to thank you. uh, I'm just so, so grateful. Uh, Everything from the worship down to the handshakes, uh, these things might seem pretty normal for you, but sometimes when I'm sitting in the basement of that jail for months on end in the middle of the winter, these things are very special to me. (laughs) They really are. And so don't take them for, for granted. I won't go to a preach on that right now, but it's pretty special. Uh, and so, thank you for the gift of friendship, and uh, thank you for having us down. Uh, many of you who have been here before have heard me speak today, and so just in the spirit of friendship, I brought one of my good friends uh, down, to get down with me, uh, B. and I'm going to let her uh, do the majority of the sharing today. B and I have walked together for a decade or so. Uh, we're co-workers. We have actually a whole community of co-workers that uh, uh, our prayer team is part of that community of co-workers. You know, those of you who pray diligently for us and pray diligently for the ministry, you are part of this community of co-workers uh, as God is doing work. We have co-workers across the country, in B.C. and Manitoba and other such places. Uh, and B and I are a little bit more local. We live two hours apart from each other, uh, these days anyways. Uh, but we work together in the area of prayer and many other ways as the Lord sends us on various adventures and ways to kind of serve together and so uh b is very much uh, a very very good friend and a very beloved co-worker in the lord and so i'm just so thankful uh to this big room of friends to uh introduce uh, another very special friend in my life so b i'm just going to hand it over to you and bless you sister as you uh as you share
3: hello can you hear me how I said, "Okay, thank you." <laughs> so, typically, how I start my introduction of myself, I speak in my native language. So I'm going to do a little bit of that, and then I'll translate it. Okay? So, ani bōjo, B Injishnikas, Matabek and Namében and Palo Odawa, Ojibwe. Meanwhile, Bungi, French Dao, Gitcheenandam, nongo. I said, hello, my name is B. am from Flat Rock or Moose Deer Point. Um, my suckerfish, or my clan is the suckerfish, and I'm Potawatomi, Odawa, Ojibwe, and a little French. That's my bloodline. I'm happy to be here with everyone today, is what I said. So I'm going to also offer a prayer of thanksgiving to my creator in my language. So, thank you, creator. Kinegego emijin, everything, all that you give me. We dokoshin kushin help me to listen. Minwa dodwak and to be kind. We jimmadis, to every living thing slash fellow beings. Gitche miigwech, gitche miigwech, Big thanks, big thanks, big thanks. So what I did there was, I was echoing that out to the four corners of the world. So, I'm going to speak English now, <laughs> more consistently. So, hello, my name is B, and as I explained, I'm from Moose Point. So that you can get to know me a little more, I come from a small village, a reservation of about 400 people, that is north of your church by six hours, called Moose Point, or Flat Rock. I've come today with one of my favorite people, Derek. Derek and I have been journeying together for 11 years I met him when I was 17. I knew him as the white man who was serving on our reserve who started a youth group. Now he has become one of my most trusted friends. I am blessed. Some of my hobbies are that I like to sing, make music, and paint. My job with the Multiply is the Indigenous Prayer Hub coordinator, where I send out monthly a monthly newsletter that includes prayer points, answers to prayer, And any updates of our team of 11, who are either First Nations people or serving in First Nations communities. I do have a position outside of the church, and that is as a language teacher at the local public school where I live. I have the privilege and honor to share my ancestors' language in this school. Nokmis, my grandmother, taught me the very same school in the very same school that I do now, and this is who I learned my language from. Along with all this information, I am the youngest of a family of five. I have an older brother, Aaron, and an older sister, Brittany. Both of my parents have passed on. My father when I was 17, my mother when I was 23. I lived with my aunt, her name is Cheryl, on my mother's side, who did the kindness of taking me in for about five to six years, just before my mom had passed away. Her children I consider my brother and sister, Gregory and Ashley. Also, to add on to this list, my favorite color is blue. (laughs) So, uh, Derek, would you do me the kindness of bringing me my water? (laughs) I'm a little dry this morning. I decided an energy drink was a good idea, and it was not a good idea. So I'm jittery. So forgive me if I'm speaking fast. That's why. (laughs) So hopefully that doesn't fall over. Forgive me if it does. Um, So I'm incredibly fortunate to be here. There are two things that I believe God wants to share with you all this morning. Asked in questions, because that's how Holy Spirit usually operates. He asks questions. The first one is, how is your oil and fuel gauge this morning? You can answer me literally and say, my oil is fine in my car. My gas is full in my car. Lately, I've been asked this question myself. God has illustrated me the idea of my faith journey as though I'm in a car, or perhaps that I'm the car itself. I've been running into instances where my actual car has been low, from the oil to the gas itself. I've become so busy with helping others and doing what I wanted that I started neglecting my car's needs. For example, being incredibly low on oil, I was so panicked because while I was driving, the light came on, and I was far from the nearest town that could change it. I prayed, Lord, please don't let me run out of oil lower than four. Let me get to the place I need to get to. So God showed me his kindness and said, my will be done. And I got there, and in just the nick of time, it went down (laughs) as I entered the parking lot of the oil garage. So a second instance was another day recently, this past week, and actually a funny thing that happened on the way here, um, was my gas light came on, and I was not sure how many kilometers were left to the nearest gas tank. Um, Again, my prayer was, Lord, please don't let me run out of gas. I ended up paying the price by having to buy more expensive fuel, which may not be a big deal. But in all of this, I learned a valuable lesson of the cost of neglecting my car. How many of us neglect the temple in which we live in, our bodies? As it is stated in 1 Corinthians 6.19, our bodies belong to the Lord. How many of us are settling for counterfeit oil? When I was under the influence of wrong oil use, my gears of faith were stuck or not running well. And what I mean by that is, There was a time recently in my life when I was not necessarily following the Lord, and that was actually overseas in England. The oil ran dry, and I experienced the most turbulent time in my life. And then God did me the kindness at a one-year-old's birthday party and said, I invite you into rest. I'm still learning on the rest part, but I'm leaning into it a bit more. And since that, I'm here now. So I think that I'm... Got my oil somewhat fixed, but not quite. So, um, have you checked your oil meter lately with Jesus, or are you low? The intimacy God is extending to us is beyond is to be in communion with the Holy Spirit. Are you feeling dry? I know what I am, because. <laughs> <laughs> or are you feeling heavy? Or are you running away from the opportunity to step into more with the Lord? Are your oil lamps ready for when the bridegroom comes? As stated in Matthew 25, one which I'll read to you now. So if you guys want to follow me in your Bible, Matthew 25, 1-13. And when you've got it, please yell an amen. amen. That one's prompt and ready. Come on, people. <laughs> awesome so if it's all the same to you i'm going to begin reading it now this is the parable of the 10 bridesmaids so starting then the kingdom of god will be like 10 bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to the, meet the bridegroom five of them were foolish and five were wise the five who were foolish didn't take enough oil, olive oil for their lamps but the other five were wise enough to take a long extra oil when the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, We don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridemaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, Believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the hour, the day, or the hour of my return. I think as a church body, we all have seen the signs, we have all seen interesting things happening in our world, you know. And I think my encouragement to you today is to say what that oil is that we're looking for. But I also have another reading for you this morning. Or in Luke 10, 38 to 42. So if you also want to flip there, you can. And you can also shout an amen when you're there. Amen. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so when this is about when Mary paused to be with Jesus But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. So I say to you, friends, times of intimacy can look like prayer, worship, being still, asking for understanding of Scripture, and starting your morning with Jesus. When we do things that seem good, But it might be taking your time away from the Lord. This is robbing ourselves of intimacy. And I mean this in a very general way and maybe even in not general way. But recently I found myself looking to my phone and wanting to look at that first thing in the morning or at night. Maybe it's watching television. It could be even a good thing like making pottery, I think. But I believe that the Lord wants to be invited into all those things. Okay, so I have an example for you. I experienced this moment myself giving up my right to self in the morning on a Saturday. Many people want to sleep in on a Saturday, you know, knowing perhaps that the day before I was not doing the will of God and wanting to draw close to him. So I took time to pray in a quiet place, and the Lord blessed me with just how much he loves me and he loves those that search for him. In that he sent me to Mark 8:23. You can refrain from having to look that up, but look at it if you want. That is of a man being blind and Jesus healing him with something that we would consider gross or unclean, but he used his spit and mud and covered his eyes and then he was able to see. So in a way, as I was led to it, God restored my sight. Then with this scripture, I believed he could do the same in my life. After I read this, throughout the day, a dear friend of mine who had just gotten out of the mental hospital had the very same revelation. Only because I took the time, that intimate time with the Lord, he produced a fruit in me and my friend's life where we could encourage each other. So I say to you, friends of the church, maybe there's something that God wants to do where you have to give up something you really like to spend time with him. Because I find these days we have so many distractions, so much busyness, so many things that take up our time and rob us of being with Jesus. And I say that because I experienced it just then, as I told you, but the fruit of being like, no, I'm not gonna eat breakfast right away. I'm gonna go pray in the sanctuary because Actually, I live in a church now, so it's like, what a better way to go. And I go into the sanctuary, and I'm like sitting there on this bench pew and just said, Lord, I don't even know how to talk to you this morning. Just so blunt. And I was like, I'm sorry, Lord, you're the king of kings. I better calm myself down here. But then I was like, but you're still my friend, so I'm going to talk to you the way I need to this morning. And Lord, I don't feel like myself. I feel kind of dry. And then I was like, but help me. Help me if I have unbelief. Help me if I'm holding anything that I'm not supposed to. Help me see what I'm holding on to. And in that moment, he broke through, sent me to the scripture, and then out of that produced a fruit, okay? I think God wants to encourage you guys that our time is so precious and so valuable, and we could get like Martha and be distracted by the things of now and here. And as I illustrated with my car before, I was coming and going, and my car's light went off because I forgot all about taking care of it when I first got that car, which is a miracle car, by the way, because that car was completely funded in cash for me to have in order to do ministry. I paid maybe a couple Gs on it, but God provided the most for that car. It was a miracle car. I call it my beep-beep, <laughs> so because it's quite small, but it's my car, and out of that of like helping this person, helping this person, helping this person, I forgot all about my car's needs, you know? I was getting too distracted by the needs of others, which is a good thing. Like, I'm not saying that helping people's wrong, okay? Don't get me wrong there. But I'm saying I forgot about my car's needs because I became so distracted, even though it seemed like a good thing. So, what I did instead on Friday night is I didn't do anything but just spent some time doing the things I liked, actually, like watching the Gilmore Girls. But I invited God into that. I said, can you come sit with me in that? That sounds kind of odd, doesn't it? But God wants to be invited. And then the other day, I was like, Lord, can you just sit in my car? And out of faith, I kind of hold up my hand sometimes, and I feel like he grabs it, which seems odd. But I felt him there. I felt him in that car with me. In the miracle, beep, beep, I felt him. And then I realized, wow, Lord, you gave me this car as a gift. And I'm sorry I haven't taken care of it. Like, I even got it messy inside and everything, besides the engine and stuff. So I say that, friends, with understanding. Maybe some of us today have become a little distracted. Maybe some of us need a topping up of the oil, which is great, you know? So, as I try and find where I'm at, you may be asking yourself, then how should I be praying? In Matthew 6, 6 to 8, Jesus says, but when you, go, when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. For your father knows exactly what you need before you ask him. Then Jesus gives the Lord's Prayer we all know and love. That I'm not going to read out. (laughs) Okay? So, as I walk away from this portion or sermon about the oil part, what other thing needs to run a car? Can somebody just tell me? Gas. Gas, yes. As for the gas portion, it's true that your car needs fuel in order to run, but you can get away with running on fumes for so long, right, as opposed to low oil where you can't run on it because, I mean, your transmission will blow out, right? So, have you been running on fumes? Have you been using the wrong fuel to fill up your car? This can look like food and water for our natural bodies. As it says in God's word, John 6, 6, 22 to 59, Jesus, the bread of life. Jesus explains communion on verses 53 to 58, an act of worship, an act of faith. And in John 4, 1 to 38, where the Samaritan woman comes to know Jesus, her experience was that even though Jesus knew all that she had done, he used her to set an entire village free. Through his ministering to her, Jesus says in verses 13 to 14 about being the life-giving water, where no one will thirst again. For God is spirit, so those who know him must worship him in spirit and truth, John 4:24. In verses 34, Jesus says to his disciples, the nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. So, the amount of faith explained in these verses is tremendous. Take a minute. It's tremendous. Why? It's because the woman at the well didn't know really who she was talking to, but it was that faith alone when Jesus reveals, you've done this and this and this, but I am. And when she set her eyes on the I am of that statement, She wanted to tell everyone else about this man who's told her everything that she has done. So, friends, what I'm saying this morning is our faith is so important for others. Maybe sometimes you kind of hide it away or you forget about it, or maybe there are points where you need to express the faith that you have. What I'm saying is that, is that she didn't want to become just another person, drawing another well of water. But she really believed in faith and then went and acted it out. So how many of us today need a fresh vision of what Jesus is really like? You know, I've known this kind of phrase where sometimes people need to really get to know him. And then they can act out their faith. Because once you know him, then you can go in faith, right? The woman didn't just say, there's this guy. Okay, I'm going to go and do whatever. No, she was like, had an intimate moment because this woman was a Samaritan woman. The Jews did not like the Samaritans. It was like noonday. And this was a point where she shouldn't have even been there. Like, that's how serious, this, this intimate moment. But Jesus paused what he was doing, met with her at the well, and then gave her life. This woman had almost every bad relationship probably at this point because she was with somebody, with somebody, with somebody, with somebody. And I think God wants to say to you that maybe you're in this point where you're not in a good relationship with him. Maybe you need to work on that with him in faith. And I don't mean like there's this protocol in order to get there. My moment the other day was simply just going to sit in the altar room by myself being like, I don't know how to do this, but I need you. I think God wants to inspire people with a simple faith, a childlike faith, not these like pros and cons of how to get there because we can't work for our salvation, people. No matter what you do, you can't. I think that's the important thing that I wanted to express in that. So the miracles expressed in most of the Gospels were about food and Jesus, feeding people with little How much bread do you have for the Lord this morning to transform into loaves? Are you ready to ask for more? Though many of us are settling for loaves in our life, and what I mean by that is God does a miracle, does a miracle, does a miracle, right? He did a miracle of me by giving me a car, right? That's good. But to understand the faith it took to get that car is something completely different. You know? So, I say that, um, how many of us want to ask for more faith? Even after Jesus kept showing miracle after miracle, the people were only after the bread he blessed, but didn't grow in the area of faith. How many of us want to grow up into faith, leaving behind the material goods he provides, but seeing that he is able to do such a work? In essence, my car had, to, had almost run out of two necessary things for it to run, oil and gas. And actually, I wasn't sure if I was going to provide this message to you guys this morning. I was like, hmm, I don't know, Lord, like that just seems like a me thing. Maybe this message is only from me. And then lo and behold, on our way down here, we almost ran out of gas. Because Derek got distracted. (laughs) And I will grill you for a minute. (laughs) So, I'm saying that out of kindness, yes. That he forgot the gas, and we were like, I don't know how much kilometers we had on that thing, but we had to backtrack. And then we were late for dinner. The cost, right? When we have to backtrack, when we get distracted, when we almost out of fuel, we almost didn't make it there. And I was thinking in my brain, like, how are we going to get there? <laughs> but God knew. God knew we had to go through that in order for me to provide this message today. Right? Because even out of the bad, it wasn't really bad, he did something good. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for forgetting. <laughs> so I say that. With just wanting to encourage you guys this morning because I'm not sure what's going to happen, but I think some people need a little top off of their oil this morning where the Holy Spirit wants to be invited into your day. Before you get busy, before you leave here and all the to-dos come your way, I think he wants to invite you guys into that moment, that real moment where he sees you. And yeah, when I was in the altar room, I forgot how God saw me. And that seems very I, but it's not, because he was just reminding me of how he sees everybody in that moment where I was like, Oh, I'm feeling bad about this, I'm doing this wrong, and I'm not doing this enough, and then he just broke through without me being like, Lord, I need you to break through the certain way. He just broke through and said, This is how I see you. I see you as a gimakwe qui. I see you as a chief, is what I said. I see you as somebody who's going to lead their people out of that desert experience. I come here because I love my people so much that I want to invite my friends here to get to know them. So this weekend's about me kind of building a relationship with Meadowbrook. The oil time. The minute before we go into the miracle, which could be Rano's, worship, anything that happens and moves to your point. But this is developing the intimacy as a body today. That I got invited. It's crazy to think that. I was from this tiny little thing with a tiny group of people and God said, them. I think God wants to do that personally for each person today. Them. And to send you out with whatever he gives you. But in this, I've been desiring to getting closer to God, but feeling farther away from God in it. I notice when I want to draw closer to God, it seems almost impossible to reach Him. Though this is a revelation, I'm truly understanding just how holy He is, how we are not. Inviting God to the conversation and to other things in our life is good, and if we don't do it, we damage our relationship with Him. There's like times where, as I said before, I work as a school teacher, so I've got my teacher hat on. And then I've got times where I'm really ministering to my people, so I've got that hat on. And then I've got times when I'm ministering to my niece, my coworkers, and then so on. But then sometimes I think, I have to take off this hat in order to be with Jesus. You don't, because I've noticed ever since I started inviting Jesus to the conversation, Children in school are just asking about God now. I do have to bring it up. They're like, because, you know, culture is in our class and it's about God. We say creator. But there are times where I'm like, oh, Lord, I just want to tell them about Jesus. And I sit there and I'm waiting and waiting and waiting for the time that's right. Because I could just blurt a bunch of information at them. That's not going to help them. But I want to walk by them. They also know, Auntie B lives at the church. That's weird. But they know I'm there. My hope is in the future that our church building will welcome people in, will be like a lighthouse to those in the darkness, because Moose to Your Point is like a very needing place for the light of God. So if you partner in prayer with me about Moose to Your Point at any given time, as the Holy Spirit leads you in those intimate moments, thank you in advance. But I say these things. So, as I shared... I think everyone can use with a top-up of oil this morning. And I'm stressing oil because you need that in order for the car to go. The fuel is necessary too. But I just want to invite you guys into that this morning of having a time. So I just want to pray. I'm going to say a prayer over you guys. I know we're going to pray multiple times. I get that. But I feel like to say something to the Lord on your behalf. So yeah, Jesus, I thank you for this message of oil and fuel. I thank you that you want to help these people with their intimacy, with their fuel, with their faith. God, I just pray for your Holy Spirit to sweep across these people and for your wind to come and change maybe the directions that they're on today. I pray for your seriousness of just being with you and not doing anything to work for their salvation this morning. But Father, I pray for encouragement. I pray for a freshening and a lightness over this group. I pray for it to be like a breath of fresh air. When you breathe it in, outside on a spring day, that crispness, I pray to come over these ones. But most of all, Lord, I pray for your love. Pray for your love to radiate and permeate in their heart for the spirit of the Lord to be their strength, but most of all, joy. I pray as they're extending friendship to me and most to your point, Lord, that our bond will be strong. I pray that you're able to help us understand what you said today. I pray that we can simply come this morning just as we are, where we are, who we are. And I pray for this in the mighty name of Jesus, the sovereign Lord, the King of kings the one who has heavenly armies at his command, the one who looks at the people with such a gaze where you cannot look away, the one who walks on water, the one who's turned water or wine into water, water into wine. Either way, Lord, I pray that your will will be done in these people, these friends, these children today. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Friends, do you receive it? Father, thank you so much for uh, B. Thank you for the way you spoke through her this morning and for the gift of friendship. Thank you, Lord, that the gift of friendship is extending. Uh, And I just pray, Father, for all my friends here, Lord, that there would be a heart to receive. Lord, a heart to repent where repentance is needed to receive. Lord, where there is sin in the way, uh, I just pray, God, for the gift of repentance and conviction among those who need that today. (laughs) Lord, those whose hearts have been hardened, I just pray for the gift of tears, if that's what may be needed, to open up uh, that oil tank, to be able to receive the oil. Lord, anything that is plugging that oil tank up, I just pray that it be removed in Jesus' name, that hearts would be open now. Lord, we together come before you and just declare that we need the oil of your spirit in our life. Lord, we need that. We cannot do it on our own. Even when we're trying to do it to please you, even when we're trying to do it for good things, we cannot do it. And only you hold that oil, Lord. There's nowhere else to go. So we come before you now, and we open up, and we thank you, and we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen.